So a few years ago, it, I was a part of a band. And during that time, it was suggested that maybe we should add, add an additional member. And it was suggested that maybe we should add um, my wife, who was my friend at the time, because she's an awesome vocalist. And I remember her coming in to the studio with me and two under two other band members. And while she was there, no one said anything. Um, no one, not even me. And in hindsight, I should have said something. Welcome to the latest episode of the glory in our stories. Life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. Looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? guys listeners welcome to the latest episode of the glory in our stories i'm your host calvin wayne pennywell jr the title of this episode is say something say something so as you heard in the intro um, i probably mentioned it to some degree in the past i was a part of a band um i was i guess the designated rapper uh, we had a rapper we had a producer and a vocalist and um it was it was fun times. It really was. We were we were young. We were hungry, as in for something new, something different, something better. Um, I can't speak for the other band members, uh, but I know for myself, and the reason why I'm saying this now because um, it's just a side note because it helped me understand why things happened the way that they did, and I'll get into the subject of the podcast this particular podcast episode in the moment, but thought it'd be best if I express this little tidbit. So we were we were putting together an, an EP, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Might have been an LP, I'm not sure. But I only had maybe a couple of few, a couple of good tracks on it. Uh, we had an awesome vocalist, awesome producer, and myself um, as, as a rapper. And um, we finished the project and when it was time to release it uh, something happened and we weren't able to and at the time I was personally upset because I was thinking man we put so much time and effort into this project and we're not going to release it that's not cool so I decided to take it upon myself and start my own EP um, so what me deciding to do an EP was reactionary to what happened so it wasn't something that I've always been thinking about it was just okay since we're not going to do to do this i'm going to do that that and um over the years um every now and then a band member would ask me yo we know we're going to finish the project 
And I would, you know, push it to the side um, because deep down I didn't want to finish it because at the time I was still upset. But later on, over the last few years, I realized that that project, that that avenue that the, that we were heading down wasn't for me. If anything, it was an opportunity for their, those other two band members, musical relationship and friendship to blossom. I just so happened to be there to witness it. So to sum all that up, I realized that was not for me. It wasn't. God has something other. God has something else planned for me specifically. So uh, he has something planned for them. And I realized there's going to be moments in your life where you're going to be on, on the train with uh, other people and um, your stop is going to come and it's going to be time for you to get off. So it was it was time for me to get off, get off that train. So anyway, going back to that moment I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, we were talking about adding a vocalist uh, to the group. And uh, I remember the day she came in, Adrian, man, she she was actually on her lunch break. I never forget. She had a container with spaghetti in it and she sat in the chair and she was eating. But when she came in, nobody said anything to her. I didn't. The band members didn't. But later on, I felt very regretful for not saying anything and not speaking up for her. Keep in mind, she could have said something herself. That's debatable uh but at the same time she was the one coming in because we asked her she didn't call us up and say yo let me be a part of your band no we mentioned it to her she was there because we brought it up but we didn't say anything and then later you know once we started dating and now that we're married uh going on two years on uh march 30 uh, march 21st 321 um, yeah, I was like, man, I should have said something. And recently it made me think of the irresponsibility that most of us men have when it comes to speaking up. And I remember I said, you know what? That's obviously not a new concept. This dates back all the way, uh, to the creation uh, of the world and mankind dates back all the way back to Genesis. So I wanted to pinpoint uh, this particular moment in time uh, that initiated all of that, um, initiated um, our lack of stepping up to the plate, so to speak, when it comes to us men. And because of this, it has caused women to take upon the responsibility of initiating the movement or the direction of the family um, since the man won't do it. Um, a lot of people say is um, that some people may argue that uh, women are just taking it upon themselves to be independent and show a degree of control when I think that it's reactionary to our lack of initiative, to our lack of leadership. And um, going back to what I was saying, that dates all the way back uh, to the fall in Genesis, um, Genesis chapter three specifically. So I'm going to read um, Genesis chapter three, verses one through nine, just to create some context. And then we'll move forward from there. 
So, uh, so yeah, right now I'm looking at Genesis chapter three, verse one, and the, 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 uh, the title of this particular chapter is the fall. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you should not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you should not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. That's verbatim, right? But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of his fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So I guess that was basically um, verses one through seven. Uh, let me keep reading, I guess, before God starts speaking. And verse eight, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But this is even more important. I guess I was supposed to read the, uh, verse nine. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Now, he didn't say it didn't say God called to man and woman. He said he called to the man and said, where are you? Obviously, that's a rhetorical question. God knows where he is. But he wanted to challenge. He wanted to inspire Adam to think about and consider the responsibility that he, that God bestowed upon him. And God was like, yo, Adam, why you ain't step up, bro? Because if you go back to, I think that's verse six. And it said, she took of his fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. So, at this point, it doesn't say Adam just walked up. It doesn't say Adam was frolicking around. Adam was with her. And even if Adam wasn't there to hear the conversation, Eve hands him the fruit of the tree that God told them not to partake of, and he ate. He ate. Now, that's crazy because God created Adam to be to have a stewardship, not just over the land and the beast of the field, but over his family. God placed Adam in charge and he dropped the ball. And then you go back and you ask, Adam, why didn't you say anything? Because Adam heard the conversation. Adam heard his wife repeat God's word. He, he heard his rib repeat God's word verbatim. But the moment he allowed the serpent, he allowed Satan to get into his head, causing him to start thinking upon his own, leaning upon his own understanding. And Adam was like, you know what? That's that sounds more logical. Like, I'm not going to like physically. Die. I'm not going to drop dead. It's just that some things God don't want me to know. 
And I, I'm, you know, maybe this is what he thought. Like, yo, it's some things I, God doesn't want me to know. Why does he want me to know it? What's so, what's so bad about it? What's so bad about being open? What's so bad about knowing what's good and evil? What's, what's, if I'm not going to die, then I'm going to be good, right? So they took the chance. What should have happened, even if Eve uh, recited God's word and his truth verbatim and even reconsidered, even if she had the fruit in her hand, even if she bit it, it begs the question, Adam, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you speak up? Why didn't you stop it? Right? So, like literally, speak of the devil. Do you all remember, y'all recall Liar Liar, the movie with Jim Carrey? Of course, just to give you a quick uh, recap, his son um, made a wish on his birthday for his father, Jim Carrey, played by Jim Carrey, who was a lawyer. Um, he, 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 he wished that his father could go a whole day without lying. And it came true. So throughout the entire movie, um, Jim Carrey is he finds himself in a conundrum because he is a, he a, he is a successful lawyer that has built his reputation on being able to lie well. To the point that he has a high success rate. Meaning that all the clients that come his way know his reputation. They know that no matter what situation they find themselves in, they can always get out. So, towards the end of the 24 hours, Jim Carrey is like, he, he's at his peak. And he's defending this woman who's trying to take money from her ex-husband, who is actually a good father. But she just wants more money and she's already committed countless accounts of infidelity, but she just wants to milk him for his finances. And in the midst of not lying, Jim Carrey found a loophole that ended up operating in favor of her. So what the devil does is he takes the truth and he twists it just a little bit manipulated finds a loophole while getting into our heads making us re-examine the situation and act upon God's act against God's truth and that's exactly what happened in that situation Satan got in um, in Eve's head and I assume he also got in Adam's head because Adam was present and Adam didn't speak up. He didn't speak up. So that's what Satan does. He, he uses God's truth because he knows it. In order for you to be a good liar, you got to know the truth. Like, obviously, you have to know the truth in order to know how to bend it. And that's what Satan does. He tells us exactly what we want to hear. And he puts us in a situation where we desire to use our own logic. And in this situation in Genesis 3, that's exactly what we did. We used our own logic. Hence, 
the beginning of our sin. We are going to take a uh, quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Yo, what up, T-Goss listeners? Thank you for listening to the glory in our stories every other week. Um, been a little bit off schedule of a lot of things been going on, life, uh, a lot of uncertainties, a lot of, you know, a few setbacks, um, but nothing um, to totally keep uh, me down and um, out of the creative loop. So if you're still listening in, you're still following T-Goss on social media, I appreciate your uh, consistency and your patience so um but anyway yeah um so just a quick update i'm still recording um looking into interviewing some more people in the future been trying to be precautious due to covid and consider it uh, but i'm also i've also been inspired to uh, lean more towards digging into the gospel and actually using a scripture um, to support uh, the experiences that we go through, um, scripture to validate our concerns and our, our fears, our, 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 our visions and our, our dreams. Uh, but most importantly, using scripture to propel our hope. And we live in a world right now where there's so much going on, so much inequality, so much violence. I mean, the war in Ukraine, uh, the war here in America amongst the, the several wars, um, the, the battle to be a human being and to live is a perpetual um, state of, of, of concern. Um, but I hope that hope is seen, expressed and received through this podcast. When During those days when you don't feel valued, if you're at your job, you don't feel like you're getting recognized enough. If you're in a relationship and you feel like you're giving the 80 percent while the person is giving 20 or maybe even less. Um, remember that you're valued. Remember that you uh, matter because you are living, you are breathing and God created you for a reason. So if you are still alive, you still have purpose. You still have a calling. Uh, just hang in there. Continue to feed into yourself. I call this the age of self-respect. Acknowledge your feelings and process through them. So, yeah. And now back to the episode. the latest episode of uh, the glory in our stories titled say something say something um yeah so going back to what i was mentioning at the beginning of the podcast in reference to the incident with the my um the previous band that i was in i should have said something and I, I remember looking at her and looking at my bandmates and then looking thinking about man if i say something then it's going to rock the boat. If I say something, then it's going to be, 
um, an issue. If I say something, it's, there's no telling what's going to be the outcome of this situation. I might lose my opportunity to be in a band or I might even offend my friend Adrian at the time, you know? So, but it's, it, the funny thing was I was valuing the wrong thing. I was putting eggs in the wrong basket. So, so yeah. Now, fast forward, uh, you know, 2021, 22, my wife and I, I've mentioned this before, if I haven't mentioned it already, my wife and I lived next to some very, um, so to some neighbors that were in an obvious toxic relationship, um, every opportunity they had, they would fight. I mean, and most of the, the bulk of their fighting took place between 12 and 6 a.m. Never failed. Doesn't matter what day of the week it was. It was they didn't even have a peak day. Like it was any time. So my wife and I had contracted COVID for the second time this year. Uh, not the second time this year, but this year we contracted COVID for the second time in two years. And put it that way. So um, it and it hit hard, yo, yo. I was I I was unable to get out of bed for about two or three days. Like it, my body was aching, I was sweating. It was terrible. But I remember being asleep on the couch one night, and I'm trying my best to get some sleep. My head is hurting, and it's 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 horrible. And their fighting woke me up to the point I had to jump up and say, "Adrian, call the police," because they were outside our doors because on that floor that we're on is four apartments and um they were fighting like outside and i couldn't look out i didn't want to peek my head out but i can tell that she was screaming for her life i mean it was yeah and around the time that i peeked outside um he was like carrying his luggage downstairs and he's done that many times um, but we, you know, we went to, we emailed the front office and then we emailed corporate and they said they were going to kick them out. But we, my, my wife and I, I mean, Adrian and I, we moved recently and they were still there. Um, but the fact that a situation happened where my wife, I was at work, my wife approached them. You know what? She didn't approach them. She approached the girl and um, she took the moment to ask her, is he hurting you? And she said, yes. And he peeked around the corner and was like, yo, who is this? She, and my wife, without hesitation, looked at him and he said, you need to leave. And he said, who the, you the blank are you? So he comes up the stairs and he walks. He doesn't make eye contact with Adrian. He looks at his girlfriend. And it's like, see, this is what happened. Now you got this B, um, you know, the B-I-T-C-H. Um, sorry to. Uh, spell that out um but um yeah um he he called her that he did um and i'm not fond of that word at all i'm not fond of it at all um but uh and i apologize if i've offended anyone by spelling it out i tried to <laughs> maneuver my verbiage to uh, put that out but even i don't use that word myself um but when i heard that he called her that my wife i my goal was to leave work um my goal was to um 
confront him because I wanted to say something, but I wasn't present. And my wife told me, Calvin, if you don't, don't come here. Cause if you come here, then both of you are going to be in the police in the cop car. And I was like, oh. but at that moment I felt compelled to say something, but I wasn't able to, but the sin in which all of this is rooted could have been avoided had Adam said something back in Genesis three. Um, and it's see, it's so easy to blame Adam, you know, cause Adam was the forefather of mankind. Um, the pioneer and obviously he didn't create himself. God did, uh, but Adam was the first man. And so we, it's easy to blame him. Um, but since then, um, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever shall believe it in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So our sin has been paid for. So now there's no excuse. There's nothing keeping us away from God. And the moment that we obviously choose to be away from him, um, that's when the destruction really happens. So seeing that he, uh, this young man specifically chose uh, to say something within the wrong context, um, further feeds the issue, further feeds the toxicity that exists and the irony is, as men, we rather say something degrading or we rather say something perverted to get what we want than to speak up against oppression, opposition, pain. And um, anything that operates in favor of Satan, in favor of the devil, in favor of sin. We're so quick to open our mouths and, 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 and say something in somebody's DMs, say something in Messenger, say something in a text message, say something to a young woman or a woman in general pumping gas, um, you know, at the gas station. We're so quick to say something to get her number to get her to go out with us, despite how inappropriate it may sound. Like, think about it. Think about the fact that we're so willing to approach a woman at a store or at a gas station at 12 a.m. in the morning. It's pitch black. No one else is around. And we rather say something while trying to make an advancement, you know, an advancement in courting or flirting knowing that they possibly feel uncomfortable, knowing that they're meeting you for the very first time. And the only thing you can say something about is possibly um, getting their number. We can say something then, but when something happens to them, when the system is not working in their favor, when they are struggling to be who they are, struggling to uphold their marriages and their relationships, struggling to remind the men in their lives that they're worth it, having to somehow be the, the, the framework of their manhood. The only thing we can say to them is, yo, you know what? What's up? That's 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 backwards. That's so backwards. Adrian, based on my experience, 
is the only person that I've dated that actually cared about my soul and spoke up about it, who actually cared about my spirit. And even after two years of marriage, obviously there's so much we need to learn. We're still learning about each other. But Adrian is not responsible for my manhood. Adrian is not responsible for me speaking up, taking upon the position of stewardship that God initially created. That wasn't, that's not my, her responsibility. Think about it, yo, go back. Satan approached Eve because she was in a vulnerable situation. Eve was not responsible for reminding Adam of what God told him. Eve was not responsible. Adam was, and he did not speak up. He didn't say anything. He just followed through because it was easy. And that's what we do as men. We do what's easy. We do what's beneficial for us. And there are moments where so much could change. The whole situation can be altered. Everyone can get what they want if men would just speak up in God's truth, his undying love. If men can just say something, if we can just say something, that's all we got to do. Um, I, I say this before I, I close this episode at our church, they were, there was a call, um, for, for people to fulfill, uh, posi positions of service at the church. And this young lady mentioned how important it was to have men fulfill, you know, to fill some of these roles. And she said, men, you have no idea how beneficial and how influential just your presence is. All you got to do is show up. We're not asking you to do this. We're not asking you to part the Red Sea uh, like Moses. We're just asking you to just show up, to use what's in your hand, to use what God gave you. Your presence alone creates change. It initiates hope. It, 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 it compels influence. Just simply being present. Adam was present, but with presence comes purpose and responsibility. Adam had to say something. He should have said something. And now we find ourselves confronted by Satan in any degree. And we're standing next to our wives. We're standing next to our girlfriends. Uh, I even go as far as to say we're standing next to our lovers. And that is a completely different conversation in itself. Um, because, you know, sex out of marriage, outside of marriage is a sin. That's the truth. So if you're sleeping around with anyone, but you're refusing to say anything about commitment and longevity, men, that is a disservice to the women that you are involved with. That is the disservice and that's selfish. And I'm saying this out of my own, from my own experience. And now that that's biblical. So, um, we need to say something. We need to do something. And it's time we speak up. So Satan is going to come to you again. He's going to find you in the garden. And he's going to appeal to your logic. All you have to do is quote God's word. His word never comes back void. It is truth. It is the light. It is the way. 
Oh, you just lean upon God's word and not your own understanding. And acknowledge him in all your ways. Acknowledge him in the moment of temptation. Acknowledge him in your frustration. Acknowledge him in during your moments of impatience. Acknowledge him during your confusion. And he will direct your path. Just acknowledge him. Just be present. Just say something. Speak up. Man up. Say something. I hope this episode has helped you in any degree. Again, the the biblical text was Genesis three verses one through nine. Uh, it was entitled the section entitled the fall. Uh, context was the creation of man, um, Adam and Adam and Eve, and during the moment Satan approached them and and, and attempted and, and tempted and tempted them into partaking of the fruit. But obviously, Satan couldn't make them do it. They made a decision upon their own free will. And um, but we need to do better as men as far as speaking up for God's truth. This is the latest episode of the glory in our stories. I'm your host, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. Uh, during, um, during the episode of Say Something. Yo, thank you all for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of the glory in our stories. Yeah.